Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce, and I am so excited about today's show. This is going to be fun. This may be the most fun show that we've ever done. Now, I'll, I'll leave you to be the judge of that, but this is going to be a great topic. It's also going to be very informative. Uh, you will be able to make better ads, better emails, better videos after this show. And so uh, I was just talking to, to my guest before we hit record. I, I'm shocked that I, I did not know my guest prior to this uh, because of the nature of his business and because of my family, which we'll talk about in a minute. Hey, e-commerce evolution listeners. I hope you like free stuff. I also hope you like free stuff that's actually worth a lot of money. If so, I have some great resources that are yours for the taking. If you've been wanting to dominate with YouTube ads, but you don't know exactly where to get started, or maybe you're doing a little bit on YouTube ads, but you want better ideas for ads, request our free top YouTube ad templates guide. It's 16 of the best YouTube ads we've ever seen. We break them down, show you why they work, how they work, and how to apply the principles to your next YouTube ad. We also have the ultimate guide to getting authentic customer testimonials. And we have a Google shopping guide that's very timely and something that I think most sellers need. If you sell on Amazon, we also have a couple resources for you there our DSP Roadmap, and our sponsored brand video success guide. These are all free for you. I think they're going to be super, super helpful. Check them out at omgcommerce.com. Click on resources and then guides, and I hope they create a breakthrough for you. And now, back to the show. My guest today is Michael Jammin, and Michael is the chief blastoff guy. Coolest title ever. Uh, he is also the uh, co-founder of CardboardRocketShips.com, where they can help you tell a better brand story, create better ads, better videos. And then he and his wife run Twirly Girl Shop, which is a, a site built around the most twirly dresses uh, for girls and tons of fun. And we're going to dive into a lot of the ads they've created for Twirly Girl. And that's why I say, how did I not know about Michael? Because I have six, count them, six daughters. I should have been, could have been like Michael's best customer ever. Uh, we're meeting now so we can hopefully uh, fix that. But uh, also, a uh, quick other note, Michael was a writer and a showrunner. And he wrote for shows like King of the Hill, Just Shoot Me, Wilfred, Rules of Engagement, uh, Brickleberry, Tacoma FD, and my personal favorite, because I have a little bit of a story here, Beavis and Butthead. Totally uh, hilarious that you did that. So with that intro, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Really excited to, to chat today. Yeah, thank you. What a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. So <laughs> I got to know about, I want to I hear maybe a quick story or two about your you know, writing for TV shows. And I want to tell just a very, very brief Beavis and Butthead story. So Beavis and Butthead comes out when I'm like 13, 14, somewhere in there, maybe 12. And uh, I think it's hilarious. I just think it's absolutely hysterical. I'm quoting it. Uh, Beavis and Butthead are becoming my new role models. And my dad, my dad is a really easygoing guy, hardworking guy, but easygoing. He's like, no, you're not watching Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I, I, I banned Beavis and Butthead from this house. I think he, he thought it was going to melt my brain or make me not want to work. But that just made me want to watch it all the more. So I was quoting it. Anyway. Uh, How funny. Beavis yeah, that, that, that show is exactly... What you'd expect, it was, you know, Mike Judge, he would, the night, like the night before, he would send us a bunch of old videos and say, we're going to make fun of these videos. 
and I'd write some notes and we go to the booth the next day <laughs> and we watch them again and we pitch them, you know, jokes that Beavis would say and then he'd go into the booth and, and do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, it was, love, I love the Beavis and but when they made fake beards. That was one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite episodes. So yeah. anyway, I did, I did get around it. I, I, sorry, dad, I, I snuck and I watched Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> so, Good for you. Anyway, so other, any other interesting stories uh, that, that came from being a writer, and I'm sure there are millions, but uh, lessons learned or funny stories uh, as a writer or a showrunner? Yeah, I mean, and I, I still do it, although now with the pandemic, we're all kind of on indefinite hiatus, um, except for animation. We can start, we can, we're all trying to sell animated shows now. But uh, yeah, it's what, I, it's what I always wanted to do since high school. And I moved out right after college and moved to California to become a TV writer to see if I could get it. And it took a couple of years to break in. And uh, you know, that's all I ever wanted to do was just uh, be a TV, TV writer. Yeah. So, well, congrats to you, man. What a, what an accomplishment. You know, uh, I think, you know, most people that try to break into the biz are, are unsuccessful. It's tough. It's tough to do. Yeah. And so yeah. hats off to you for doing it. So, so successful TV writer, you got this career, you could just be doing that, you know, uh, with all of your time. So talk about Twirly Girl Shop. Why, why did you guys do that? What was the, the, uh, kind of the origin story of Twirly Girl? And then we'll get into some of the details. Yeah. So my wife started it back in 2007. We have two daughters and, and so she wanted to make them a special dress. Uh, you know, so she took some classes. She didn't know anything about sewing and she made you know, beautiful reversible dresses, super twirly. And she, it, it was a gift. So no expense was spared. She, you know, the best construction techniques, the best, it was all about quality, the best fabrics, whatever. And then the girls wore it to school and then suddenly all the other kids wanted them. And, the, and, and my wife said, listen, I'll, I'll make them for you, but it's not going to be cheap because I don't, that's just not what I want to do. I'll make, it's going to be expensive. They're like, no, no, no. We see why it's, we see why it's expensive. We get, we get why, you know, why it has to be good. And so that was in the beginning. And then she would make them and then a local uh, boutique discovered them and they placed an order. And the next thing you know, my wife was sewing like, like a hundred dresses on a dining room table. And wow. then, yeah, it was great. It was, it was too much. And then she found some local sewers down, we live in LA, so it's close to the fashion district. So we found local sewers and next, you know, we'd be outsourced our sewing. Then we put up a website and then we were in Nordstrom. And suddenly it was just a, kind of like this big business was, was growing. And um, I wanted to help her with that. I wanted to, you know, it, it was just an idea. It was never intention to make Yeah, it was just a gift. Yeah, just, just to do something cool for the daughters, yeah. 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 And so that was how it was kind of born. And I wanted to help her grow the business, but I knew absolutely nothing about e-commerce or retail or sales or fashion or marketing. I, I, knew, I was like the worst person in the world to help her, except <laughs> the fact that you know, I was willing to do it for free. And so I bought, um, I remember I bought a book on business and I started reading it and I was a couple pages into it. I was like, this book is too hard for me. I don't understand it. And the book was Small Business for Dummies. <laughs> That's how stupid I am. So, <laughs> I, uh, but I didn't want to give up. I wanted to help grow. And then I, I just started reading more about marketing. And then I realized like, I already knew most of this. Like The stuff that I know from being a TV writer was directly applicable to yep. marketing. I, just, yep. I didn't even know what marketing was until I read it. And so it was just all about, well, how can we tell our story? How can we make everything a story? And how can we basically... It, it's more like um, I get a lot of... I get a lot of comments on our videos and our website. Well, oh, you guys are experts at marketing. And it's, and it's like, not really. I'm just an expert at storytelling. And I apply it to marketing. And it seems so fresh 
because I'm not trained. It's like, it all seems like it's out of the box thinking because I don't, I've never been in the box. So I don't know. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your frame of reference is telling engaging stories and keeping people engaged in a 30 minute sitcom. Your, your frame of reference is not, you know, writing a newspaper ad or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, right. so, so it's a fresh perspective. It's, so it's never even been about like my, my thinking, my line of thinking has never been about, well, how can I sell? How can I get you to buy from me? It's the opposite. It's like, how can I give you something first? How can I give you a laugh or an emotion or a feeling? And then, and this is the example I use. Like if I were to show up at your house right before Christmas with a gift for you, like what would you think in your head? Yeah, I'd be I, like, dude, th- thank you. Uh, it's awesome to see you. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just delighted to get this gift. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm a little, see, this is how I would feel. If you gave, you shut my eyes with a gift, I would be like, for me, I'd be like, oh, fuck. I'm trying to even decree. <laughs> Believe that. <laughs> I got to get, get you a gift, love, reciprocity. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. I would think, oh man, I didn't get you anything. I got to mm-hmm. get you something. And then I'd spend the next week finding something. It's in. And so that's what, it, that, to me, that's what it's about. If I give somebody something first, they, they're going to want to give me something in exchange. And then that is their business. Or if they're not going to give me their business, they'll give me a referral or they'll share it with their friends. They'll do something in exchange. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So let's talk about. I want to get into to some of your ads, and and I, I I literally had a couple of chuckle out loud moments as I was reviewing some of your video ads. It wasn't just a smile; it was it was a laugh out loud, which which is awesome. So I want to dig into some of those and oh. and and the way you you wrote those and you know concepts and stuff. But before we do that, maybe what are what were some of the challenges that you ran into? So we all face challenges as entrepreneurs, whether you're building an agency uh, like we did at OMG, you're building a, a physical product business. Challenges. So, what were some of the ones that, that you ran into? Yeah, and I, and I was convinced our challenges were going to kill the business. I was like, "Well, we can't overcome our." And I think everyone feels the same. Sure. Way. Your, my sure. challenges are way worse than yours. <laughs> and so, for us, there's a number of things. First, our customer is not our end user. So, we sell little girls dresses, but little girls don't have credit cards. So, you have to sell to moms and grandmothers. And so, that right there is like now it's not an impulse buy. Now it's not for themselves. And and secondly, the dresses are. They're made in America, so the prices are higher. They're reversible, so that's literally twice the work, twice the fabric. And so people are unaccustomed to seeing, you know, an ex- a dress that's expensive. They think, you know, because most dresses are made in overseas sweatshops. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they disposable. are. Without a doubt. Absolutely, yeah. So it was getting over that. Like, how do you convince people without on the internet, without letting them touch the fabric and see the seams, how do you convince them that it's worth it? Uh, so there was, there was those, those were like giant obstacles in the beginning. Um, and so that's really where it became about telling our story. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And and you you mentioned a quote as we were kind of prepping. You know, Seth Godin uh, talks yeah. about you know if there's it seems that your customers only care about price, it's because you haven't given them something else to care about, right? Yeah, I have had a number of quotes from him that I think are just brilliant. So he always talks about the importance of telling your brand story. And I've read a, a number of his books, and he's and he's absolutely right. But what he doesn't teach you is how to tell your story. I'm like, well, when is he going to get to that part? Like I yeah. get you're supposed to yeah. tell it, but are you going to tell us how? And I, I like I know because I'm a TV writer. I know how to tell stories, but they don't because that's not their that's not their line of work. Right, right, right. So, so how did you then? Um, I'm curious about the, the name Twirly Girl. Was that the name from the beginning, or did that come later? Yeah, that came. My wife, you know, she called our girls this day. You're you're our Twirly Girls. She that's what she you know, and the, yeah. it was actually a really good name. I think <laughs> it sounds. It's, good. it's a great name. Yeah, it's very yeah. memorable. Uh, it really communicates. <clears throat> you think dress immediately. You think fun and whimsical, and and you know, every girl wants to twirl instinctively. They put on a dress, they twirl. You know, it's, it's each yeah. 
And uh, so it's really cool. Um, so, so then how did you land on your brand story? You, you have a distinct advantage as a writer, of course. But, you know, some people could say, okay, made in USA, it's quality fabric. Like you could get really technical and really boring if you, yeah. if you weren't well-trained. Like this could be a really boring differentiator if you're not careful. So how did you, how did you come up with, with your brand story? So I just, to be clear, that's exactly how I tried to market in the beginning. Mm. <laughs> it was a giant failure. I was like, yeah. we're made in America. We're high quality. No one cares about that. Right, right, right. Because that doesn't forge an emotional connection. No one's going to connect to that emotionally. So how to tell the story was, I just basically told the story of how, why my wife got into the business. Mm-hmm. And then I told other stories about how I started to help her. I told the story about me buying that business for dummies. <laughs> you know, in the, in the beginning, it was about... Which makes you feel very relatable, right? I mean, it just yeah. makes you like a real, a real guy. Like, yeah. In the, in the beginning, I was all about... I was insecure about... Because I know nothing about business. I was like, well, no one's going to buy our dresses if they think you're selling them and making them on the dining room table. Like, I was insecure about how small we were. And so I tried to make ourselves look bigger and impersonal, which is the exact opposite yep. thing. Yep. I think a lot of people have that insecurity. But when you look at the big brands, when you look at they, they all, the big brands, try to make themselves look smaller, which exactly. is why they yeah. hire spokespeople. <laughs> you know, so why was they trying to reinvent the wheel? I should have just been. So that's what I did. I just started doing what the the big guys did. I I uh, dove into the fact that we're small, and I and I just made it personal. And people yep. want to buy from other people. They want to root for other people. Um, like even if I, you know, if I said, Hey, my car broke down, you'd say, Oh, I got a guy. I got a guy for you. Yep. Yep. Right. Yep, you don't say I got a company. I got a guy. Right. I got a guy. <laughs> yeah. I, lo- I love that. That's my, my favorite phrase, uh, to hear someone say, uh, but so yeah. And, and your wife does an amazing job. Like she connects with people. You tell she, she loves what she does and that yeah. comes through on the videos. And so yeah, don't hide that and, and don't hide the fact that it was, created on the kitchen table and, and the first dresses were made that way. That's a really interesting story. So yeah, let that, let that come out. How do you, how do you identify any, any thoughts on how do you identify? Cause maybe there's some things you don't share about your story, right? There's maybe a potential of oversharing, although I, I think that's mm-hmm. probably limited. How do you determine what you share, what you put in your story and what, what you don't put in your story? Well, that, that's, that's something I built a, after Speaking at a bunch of conferences, people came came up to me and said, "You have we have a course. You should make a course." And I, yeah, okay, I came up with a course. It took two years to do it, but I came up with a course where I kind of deep dive into how to do this. But basically, you're just sharing, uh, yeah, you're just sharing how your your personal journey. And if it's oversharing, you don't want to you don't want to make people uncomfortable. But for the most part, people want to know. They want to know about you. They do, yeah. And they want to know your weaknesses. They don't want to know your strengths. That's called bragging. They want to know how difficult it was. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, very good. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, where and how you share your story, right? So, so you know, you talked about sharing the story of your, your wife, um, you know, making the first dresses and you reading the business book for dummies and stuff like that. That's kind of the origin story. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you try to repeat that and tell that often? Um, or are you always looking for kind of fresh new things to share? Well, in, in an email, we have automatic email campaigns. So, you know, you get a drip campaign. So I'll tell every one story about my wife, one story about me, one story about the day she went out of town at, for on a trade show and the staff went with her. And then I was in charge of the office. And that was like, oh, God, I tell that story because it was so, what a mess. Because <laughs> yeah. um, it's just, you know, people, and, and people write back to me. These are my email campaigns. And most of them, you know, they're supposed to go into your junk folder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah, people yeah. write back to me and they go, oh, my God, that's a great story. 
and then or they share it with their friends because you're just sharing. And so there's a way to tell those stories that I when I go into this course is a way. But um, how how often do you share the automated email you get from you know your yeah. su- supplement company or something like that? that you right. If you because yeah. you're you don't because they usually like save twenty five percent. But if you don't go that route and you just say I'm going to give you something, I'm going to give you a laugh, an emotion, and then maybe you'll buy from me. And that's that's how I that's how I view it. Yeah, very cool. So, so automated emails. Um, do you do you create uh, sequences? Like, do you do you have the typical add to cart sequence? Uh, my buddy Austin Bronner talks about an indoctrinate. I think he still calls this, maybe not, but an indoctrination sequence where when someone first signs up, you're kind of telling them the story, sending them a few emails. Mm-hmm. What what is your what does your email um, system look like? It's basically what you just described. So, you the first most people sign up. For a discount, I get 10% off. And so they, then the first one is just basically, here's your coupon. But then after that, I send, I send every few days at least a dozen emails just to tell you different aspects. Some of them are commercials. Here's a here's, you know, video. Um, some of them are just about, you know, our my story, my wife's story, whatever. And, and they just go down. It's it just it's as simple as that. You know, and I also have, of course, abandoned card emails, the same thing. Yeah. You know, I always try to make it fun and uh, and engaging. And she, I try to get them to write back to me, basically. And they do. <laughs> so you so you put something in the email to encourage them to re- reply back? Don't even. I, I got an email the other day. A woman wrote back, oh my God, I'm in tears now. Because I just wrote a story about uh, how little girls grow up. And like this point in their, their childhood is over in a blink of an eye. It is. And so it is, man. You could say this is expensive, but and they're they're going to say this is they're they're, they're just going to outgrow it. I'm like, well, of course they're going to outgrow it. They're going to outgrow everything. They're going to outgrow fairies. They're going to outgrow magic. All that. That's not a reason not to do it. You have right. to. This is the exactly. time you have to do it. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're they're going to outgrow Santa Claus. Let's just uh, let's cancel Christmas this year. Yeah, that's not, exactly right. Yeah. So she wrote back. Oh my God, I'm sobbing. And I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> good. Good. It worked. Yeah, emotion. Emotion evoked. Um, yeah. yeah, so really powerful. Any any little tips? I want to get into some video stuff in a minute, but any any little tips for email marketing? And, and we'll talk about your course in a little bit because I think that's definitely a, a route a lot of people should go. Any tips though? Like, do you, do you focus more on the subject line? Do you focus more on the the, the story? Just any, any tips or suggestions for email? You know, I'm I'm not the guy to talk about. It, so I test a lot of those things, and I can't tell you what what works. Uh, yeah, yeah. I try to make it you know. Uh, engaging the subject line or like, like for example, one subject line is um, uh, uh, how I created a million dollar empire. And that's just when we tell my wife's story. So it's kind of interesting. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Curiosity factor, a little bit of intrigue. Uh, yeah. That's not an easy feat. Someone wants to know the, 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 the solution there, the answers there. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. Very cool. Um, so let's dive into some of the videos. So, so uh, maybe, and, and I'll link to some of these. So uh, two of my favorite, um, Million dollar secret kept in a pickle jar. So I don't know if you want to kind of explain that. And then yeah. there's one uh, cardboard rocket ship returns from Jupiter. I'll link to these in the show notes so people can watch it. Um, but but maybe walk us through the concepts a little bit, and, and and then I'd love to I'd love to understand you know how did you go through the process of creating these and any kind of rules of thumb because we, we do a, we do a ton of videos. So that's what we do at, at OMG oh. Commerce or a big big focus is YouTube ads. Mm-hmm. But we we we're not a creative shop, so we don't you know most of the time don't do the the creative. We're just running the campaigns. Um, so anyway, we'll walk us through either one or both of those videos and and your process behind it. So the the first one, the pickle jar one, uh, well, I wanted to make a commercial, 
And uh, I didn't have much money. I didn't want to spend much money on it. And so my daughter at the time was a, she went to a public art school, a public art high school for the arts. She was studying visual arts, but they also had a, a film department there. So, and I know how to obviously straighten, you know, produce TV shows, but I didn't want to hire a crew. I didn't want to spend money on all that. So I went to the high school and I said, listen, I got an idea for a show, uh, for a uh, commercial. I want to hire your best director and have him put together, a, him or her put together a crew. And so the, the head of the art department or the, his, uh, the film department says, great. He hi- pulls his kid out of, cam- out of class. He's a 16-year-old kid. <laughs> he knows how to work a camera. He knows how to point a camera, basically. And I tell him what I want to do. And I interview him. Right, he goes, and he goes, I'm on board. That's it. I go, I go, done. Put together a crew. And he, you know, he puts together like a ninth grader and tries to special effects. You know, like it's always Perfect. a ninth I love grader. This. Yeah, it totally <laughs> fits your brand too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's about kids. So the, the, the commercial itself probably cost like $1,400 to, to, to make. And we shot it in our office and $40 of that was the cake. And my, cause my wife bought a $40 cake as a prop. It was like $40. <laughs> <laughs> probably all you needed to do. They would have worked for the cake. Yeah. Oh, and, and they were thrilled. They all would have worked for free, but I want, you know, I gave them a little, little money because I didn't want to work for free. Um, but so the genesis for the idea was really for me to figure out what were twirly girl sells. And, um, and so we're not selling uh, little girls dresses. We're selling something bigger than that. And we sell uh, happy childhood memories. And that just took, took a long time to figure out what we were selling, but it's happy childhood memories because a dress, these are dresses built for member forever. And our customers kind of told us that. We kind of already knew it. But once we crystallized what we're really selling, which is memories, then I would be able to go back and write a script about, okay, so what are, if I want to make Twirly Girl happy childhood memories, I have to associate it with other happy childhood memories. So I just made a list on a piece of paper. Okay, you got fairies, you got magic. Uh, birthday cake, party, surprise party, all these things, uh, cardboard rocket ships, all that made a list of just memories that kids would like. And then I just threw it into the ad. And so the structure was basically like writing a sitcom. It's like set up punchline. So the setup is a fact and the punchline is a joke on the fact. So for example, one line was all our dresses are made in America. That's the setup line. Do you know how rare that is? Even this flag wasn't made in America. That's the joke. She's holding an American flag. <laughs> yep. So every time I did that, I gave one fact about the company and then one joke about it. And that was been, that's the recipe that I've gone to for, we've done five of these commercials now. I got planned for, I got scripts for two more. And uh, that's how we do it. That, that's amazing. I love it. And, and it makes it so palatable. You know, you, you, you hear the, and, and to, this is a great contrast to maybe the way you did it in the beginning. Like you talked about where it was, just too fact-driven, too boring, yeah. you know, high-quality materials, value, all that stuff, which, which is fine, but it does not create that emotional connection. And so I love that, you know, setup, punchline. And uh, also, you know, I think, and, and you alluded, this, alluded to this a little bit before, but you're kind of selling memories, right? Like that's, that's the thing. Right. Uh, because if you can unlock that and get someone thinking about, okay, I, I'm never going to have this moment with my child again. I want this to be memorable. I want them to have great memories. I want to have great pictures of these memories. Like you unlock that side of the brain, price is not an issue, right? You start talking about quality and guarantees and value and stuff like that. That's kind of the logical side of the brain and that, that can then maybe potentially create, create some yeah. yeah. And you know, also these commercials... I think the, I don't remember if the first one was like two minutes, but I was worried that it was going to be too long. I was like, no one's going to watch a two minute commercial. But what I found was 
they loved it so much. I just made them longer. So now I shoot three minute commercials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and we're seeing that too. So, so we run a lot of YouTube ads and if the ad is engaging, if it's speaking to the audience, then it's usually better to, to run a little bit longer. We, we've done several tests. And I know social media is a little bit different. Facebook and Instagram are, are, are different than YouTube. And sometimes 15 you know, second videos, 30 second videos can work. But for YouTube as an example, you know, that 45 seconds to three minutes, like that's a sweet spot for us. Right. We've, we've even tested uh, one particular commercials for a deodorant company. It was really funny and engaging. There was a 30 second version and it was, you know, literally the same, same actor, same, same crew, all that. It was just a shortened version and then a minute 10 version. And the minute 10 version did 10x the uh, 30 second. Really? Version. Yep. Yep. Just, I think that the deal was it just kept people longer and they were, they were more emotionally engaged at the end. Right. And they were like, eh, yeah, maybe it gave, it, it gave them more time to say, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll check it out more. You know, whereas you in 30 seconds, it. it's over so quick. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so uh, love that. So what about the the cardboard rocket ship returns from Jupiter? And and did, I'm curious, did that video come first and you named your other company cardboard rocket ships or, or which, which the video? Yeah, the video came first. And that one, because that video, and I'm still running that one, that one went crazy, uh, was successful. So I was like, and that one kind of spawned, the theme was that one was, okay, my wife just got out of a rocket ship having returned from Jupiter where we get the fabrics. And so then all the jokes Everything on that video, well, a lot of it was based on the premise of her returning from outer space. And then later I did one uh, where she gets out of a time machine and then another one where she got out of a cryogenic chamber and then another one where she had a, a rejuvenation helmet that made grandma young. And so it's always about playing with time and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and memories. And so... Yeah, and so yeah. that that because that one's successful, I named the company after it. Yeah, it, it's great, and and I love how you you interject these little jokes that are that are totally on point and totally relevant and and real. Like there was there was one in that the cardboard rocket ship video where uh, your wife walks by the grandma. And I'm not sure if it's really the grandma or an actress or whatever, but mm -hmm. but uh, the grandma's like, it's the only time they send me pictures or something something yeah. funny like that. But that's like something a grandma would say, right? Yeah. I, I send them a dress because then they send me pictures, you know. That grandma was actually the grandmother of the the kid who I hired from the high school to direct. <laughs> I go, I needed a grandma. He goes, well, my grandma would do it. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's hilarious. That's so good. And there's actually a, a part in the video where you show the film crew. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's another line where the, the kid's like, hey, we're just high school students. Wait a minute, is this going to be on the final or yeah. something like that? That was you know, really funny. Just like, Yeah, I wanted to own it because you could see, you know, I lose, it's not slickly made. Um, like there are times where the focus gets a little soft and it's not perfectly in it, but I wanted to own it. I wanted to, that was the reveal on the very first one. It was an, oh, by the way, this entire commercial was made by high school kids. And people yeah. love that. They love that kids can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So where, 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 and how have you used these ads and, and talk about the results a little bit compared to maybe your, your previous approach to videos? Oh, sure. Yeah. I should wrote them down actually. Um, so before then, I still do, I do a mix. So sometimes I'll just run just a static photograph of a dress and they say, you know, this is how much it costs. And so, because some people just respond to price. That's all they care about. They, you know, they see a picture and they want to buy it. But other people need a little more, uh, need a little more to get on board. So it's always a mix. Sometimes I'll use this uh, regular static ad and then I'll use my videos as a retargeting ad to show to those people. Or sometimes it's vice versa. I just do the videos and then I target, retarget them with uh, a static ad. You just don't know what people are going to respond to, but in terms of in terms of the results, like the results have been crazy on Facebook in terms of the difference. So 
from going from just a, a I'm gonna make I make comparisons from just a static image versus one of my videos, that, you know, that the storytelling videos, the cost per comment went from $284 for, per comment to about 88 cents per comment. So it's crazy. Oh so, and every time someone sees a comment, yep. many of their friends, not all of their friends, but many of them will see a comment. So that's like free exposure for us. Yep. And Facebook loves it too. Like it's good. It's good to, to further fuels that, that yeah. post and, brings, and makes it more brings efficient. Brings down the CPM. Exactly. More. Yeah. Yep. And then the cost per share went from $178 per share to $1.16 per share. And then, you know, you got to figure at least 100 people are seeing it for a share. If someone has 300 friends, at least 100. Yeah, yeah, which is just insane. That's, that's yeah, that, that does, those numbers do not happen yeah. often. That's for And sure. then the CPC, the cost per click to, to my website went from $1.83 to 44 cents. So, and that just gets you on their email list. And, you know, then you just start, you know, that's how it all begins. So it's night and day. And I, I like on social media, at least for us, like people aren't going on to shop. They're going on to see pictures of their friends and cat memes and whatever. So, you know, it's about giving them something social. It's about giving them some entertainment. Absolutely. Uh, you made a comment um, in, in kind of preparation that I really like, and I want you to elaborate on a little bit. You know, you said if you, if you try to speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And I, and I 100% agree to that um, or agree with that. So, so explain that you a little know, bit. This is, this is my after this. I'm gonna have to take my wife. Uh, we, she drives a Mini Cooper. We have to take it to get serviced. Okay, gotcha. and we have a guy down the street, which is like five minutes away. Or she wants to take it to this guy. She who does only Mini Coopers. He only services, and he's a half hour away. But she wants to take it to this guy because he's a specialist, and so yep. he only does yep. Mini Coopers. And so he, when he advertises, or I don't know if he does advertise, but he, he only speaks to a small segment of the market. I'm sure he could fix BMWs. I'm sure of it, but he doesn't. Oh, but for by sure. saying yeah, he does yeah. Mini Coopers, now he's a specialist. That when he's the guy to go to, and so it's the same kind of thing. He only speaks to Mini Cooper dealers, and because of uh, people owners, and because of that, he must be a specialist, and he's the guy you want to see. And so he's obviously advertising to a smaller segment, and not all car owners, just Mini Cooper owners. Uh, but he's probably getting a larger share. So. It's the same thing for your marketing. You don't have to speak to everyone in the world. I don't, I, you know, you have to just speak to your potential customer. Right. And, and, and the more, the more focused you can get, if your brand lends itself to that, which I think, I think most do, the more specific, the more focused you can get, um, the better. I, I remember reading this line by a, by a copywriter and I'll maybe think of his name in a minute, but uh, he, he mentioned that the, the most powerful word in advertising is no longer free, it's for, F-O-R. And what he meant by that was, you want someone to watch your ad or read your piece and say, that is for me. It's, it's like, you, you made that for me, designed it with me in mind, built it for my family or my situation or whatever, like it's, it's yeah. for me. And I think, I think that's exactly what this is speaking to. Like, hey, I only help Mini Cooper owners. And so you're going to get a better service, better experience. You're going to feel more confident about it. Right. Things like that. Yeah, that's so, great. Pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, so tell me about what is, what is your definition of story? How would you describe it, define uh, it? Well, it's, it's, a lot, it's interesting. It's a, there's a lot that goes into it. But um, as a TV writer, I find a lot of people don't even know what a story, a lot of writers that I work with don't really quite understand what a story is. They, in their gut, they know. And I learned this a long time ago from when I started studying TV writing or just writing in general. And so 
Uh, most people, even professional writers, don't understand what a story is. And you're not going to be able to do one on a consistent basis unless you truly know what a story is. So I can ask, I can ask you if I want to put you on the spot. Can you, in one sentence, can you define what a story is? Do you think you can? Well, so I mean, I've read the I've read uh, Donald Miller's uh, creating a story mm-hmm. brand and stuff like that. So, um, so I would I would be referencing that. But I, I think you know it's like a character that wants to accomplish something, and you're you're you know telling kind of a the build up and the climax and the resolution. And it's like just showing that you know the hero's journey to to get what they want or to not get what they want. Uh, that was pretty much more than one yeah. sentence. It's hard, to, it's hard to make it concise. <laughs> you came, you came close. I, I feel you came very close. You said a hero and, and uh, his journey. And then you said um, getting what he wants. But you left out yeah. I, it might, it's something critical. And so, which is... Uh, so this is how I define what a story is. A story recounts the struggle of a hero mm. trying to uh, achieve a goal. So, I'm sorry. Uh, recounts the struggle of a hero fighting an obstacle to achieve a goal. So you left the obstacle part mm, out there. You it. probably knew love it. it. it w- which is really what makes the story, right? It's the struggle. It's the obstacle. Like that's the story. Once that's gone, yeah, like... Right. So it's there. hero, obstacle, and goal. And and once you have... You need all three to tell a story. And until you've established... Until your audience can recognize it, all three, at least consciously or subconsciously, you, you are... You're, you're only... Um, you're waiting for them to tune out. They're being bored. So it's only their goodwill that's keeping them interested. Got it. So so then talk us through. So so I think this is where people get stuck, right? And, and I know to to fully get it, like you need a course, you need to probably read books and probably like it takes a yeah. little bit of work, right? But you know, so how does someone say, okay, it's it's hero obstacle goal? How does that fit for the pickle jar video as an, as an example? Like like how, who who is who well, in that in that? The uh, hero that was was my wife Cynthia. She got, um, she wanted to create the world's best toilet dresses. That's the goal. And what's the and, and here are the obstacles I faced. And so she's gonna as she opens she goes as she opens the pickle jar. I'm now gonna share the secret with you. Uh, fairies make them in the, uh, sell them in the middle of the night. And then we go through step by step of all the obstacles she faces. In order to make the world's best dresses. Yeah, very good, very very good. I love it. Um, so one thing I think would be really helpful is, you know, what what are some pitfalls, some common mistakes for for the newbie, right? So someone who's like, hey, I I watch a lot of TV shows. I watched a lot of Beavis and Butthead growing up. I, I could be I could be Michael Jammin, right? Or or now I, I kind of get those three elements. So I'm going to start writing a story. What are some of the common mistakes, pitfalls, issues that people run into? Oh, boy, there's a lot. Um, and I do go into all this detail. But one would be, first of all, a lot of people don't think they have a story. They go, well, everyone else has a story, but yeah, I don't. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I gave a talk at ECF, E-Commerce Field Live. This is right before the pandemic hit. And... Uh, yeah, Andrew yeah. Darian, a good friend of mine, awesome. If, if you're not listening to a, uh, his podcast, you should check it out. Uh, e-commerce fuel. So anyway, so you got to speak at that. That was in, it was, you said it was in so. January? Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. And so I gave a talk and then afterwards I said, okay, I'm going to, who needs help with their story? And, and most people that I, I found in the audience, like, uh, I don't really have a story. I'm like, okay, you're the one I want to talk to. So I pulled up this woman up who didn't think she had a story just to prove to her that she's, you know, not the exception to the rule. And so her name was Anna and she runs a company called uh, Paper Anniversary. And they, she makes, basically anniversary presents for, you know, whatever occasion. And she was a little nervous and she didn't think she had anything to share. 
She didn't know if she wanted to share her story. And so honestly, it was almost like doing a magic trick. I just took, I asked her a few questions in front of everybody. And the questions were like, okay, what do you sell? Why do you sell it? Tell me what, uh, I said, are you, are you married? She said, no, I'm not married. I said, well, um, my next question is, okay, your parents, tell me about your parents' relationship. Well, they were married, but not happily married. I'm like, okay, go, done. We already got your story. <laughs> That's all it took. You know, I was yeah. like, okay, so you sell a yeah. product that you want to, um, that you sell it, that celebrates the importance of happy relationships with mild, you know, every time you hit a milestone, you should celebrate it with this, an anniversary gift because you knew growing up, you saw how rare it was and how special it is. And it deserves to be commemorated. And as I was saying that, she's standing right next to me. I can almost hear her start to cry, you know, because it just hit a chord. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. I asked the audience, yeah. I said, okay, so do you think Anna just overshared her story? Do you think it's like she got way too personal? And I was like, no, no. I go, well, do you like Anna more or less after having told the story? We love her. I mean, they're cheering for her. Yeah. I go, do <laughs> yeah, we, exactly. you want to buy from this woman or are you turned off? No, we want to support her, you know? And then like, you could just see in her face. She's like, oh my, that's it. And so she ran, like, it's so funny. She. So you're saying that's better than talking about like the weight of who cares? The, the, the <laughs> who cares about the weight of exactly? <laughs> Let's talk about her and why why celebrating relationships are important, and it, it, to her personally, her personal story. And then she went out and she bought the, my course. And every few months, she sends me an email thanking me again, saying, "Okay, I just use uh, the, you're the lesson you taught for this campaign or this marketing thing, or whatever." And and she shares the results that she got from it, like people or customers are writing back to her and all that stuff. And what, what I like about her so much is that, it, like, it's a lot of work to, to change to to do this work to tell your story. It's not easy. It is. It is. It's, it's hard emotionally, and it's but also physically. You have to you have to start changing your campaigns. You got to start typing up emails. It's a lot of work. And but it's supposed to be because that's your that's your competitive advantage. Your competitor's not going to do it. It's too much right, work. Right. They're not going to do but it. But if you do it, you know, you got a huge advantage and it's not a giant investment. So, you know, most people will come up with excuses not to do the work. Eh, you know, it's just easier if I just throw more money at this. <laughs> that hasn't been working for five years. Yeah, yeah. I'll just throw more money at that. Um, and the way, I, the way I always look at it with, with things like this is it's 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 either going to be a little bit of a challenge now, a little bit difficult now, or it's going to be difficult later, right? It's going business is going to be difficult. There's no way right. around that. So you put in a little extra work now. You get your brand story nailed down. You create great videos, great emails. It's going to be easier. Like your business is going to be more fun. Your campaigns are going to be more successful. Your money is going to go further as yeah. you invest in these things. Or you can save some time and heartache now, but you're going to pay for it in the yeah, in the long run. That's right. You know? right. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Just a just a matter of kind of reframing that uh, just just a little bit. So, uh, I love it, man. This has been uh, a ton of fun. And I, I would also mention too, because I, I know there are probably some people out there that are like, "Hey, well, I, I actually." I want to know the weight of the paper. Or I need to know these technical specs. Or what if I'm buying a part for my car? I need to know those things. And, and so my thought there is, of course, throw like throw those things right. in there. Just don't make those the star of the of the email or the video. Make make the story and the product and you know make the hero come to life and all that. And then of course throw in the details that people need to know. Um, any any other kind of final tips thoughts? Uh, I think you mentioned something about Island oh, J. The same uh, thing. As a case study. I love, love to hear oh, that. He's another guy from from ECF, and uh, he kind of wanted to change all of his branding, and he wanted to make himself 
the star of his brand. We talked about it. So we made him the star of this branding. And he was like, well, I don't know. He kind of hired me to consult for him. And, and we came up with this character. I said, well, who do you, if you could hire anybody to be the spokesperson for your company, who would it be? Fictional, living, dead, whatever. And we talked about it for a long time. And he goes, I kind of want it to be James Bond on the beach. And I was like, well, James Bond on the beach, that's not really... Um, like, he's not really on the beach. He's in a casino. <laughs> he's, yeah. you know, Monte Carlo. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like killing right. people and, you know, yeah. getting the girl. But that got me to thinking about uh, the show back in the 80s, I guess early 80s, called Fantasy Island. I don't remember. So it was Ricardo Montalban was basically James Bond on the beach. He had a white suit and smiles everyone. He's very debonair and dapper, and but also a little magical. And so we created that character for Island J to be this kind of this jackass who welcomes you to his his store. And well, you know, and, and it's funny. And he, and he, God bless, he, Jason just threw himself into it. And he just, he sends me. Um, so, so he became, he became yeah, Island we created Jay. this character for him. Island, Island J. That's Welcome great. to that's, Island. That's, that's Island J is, is, is just a small island off the coast of America. It's a, uh, you know, it's unincorporated. And, uh, it's a, it's a fully autonomous and, you know, we pay taxes. Yeah, yeah. And, what, and what's the name of his it's, business? If we want uh, to yeah, go check it out. Check. It's Island, it's Island J. It's called Island J. He sells kind of okay. beachwear. Got it. Got it. Uh, and yeah, so. Yeah. He even sent me an email the other day. He sent, he sent, he has an abandoned card email where he, he gets a little teary. It's been so long since you've been on my website. What, what did I say something wrong? You know, I miss you. I think about you all the time. Why wouldn't you come back? And, and I, you know, I wrote this thing and he sent it out. And now people, instead of throwing that email away, one woman wrote a long email back to him in the same voice about why, you know, she will come back. And like, he was just loving it. I mean, like, yeah. it's amazing to get, yeah. it's junk mail. It's supposed to be junk mail, but instead right. your your audience is writing back to you because they're buying into it. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I love it. I remember an example, and, I, and I'll have to think about the the actual company, but I think it was a SaaS platform where if you unsubscribe, they would send you this email with a video, and it was like a, it was like a breakup mm-hmm. video, but like they were getting emotional and they were like talking like they were gonna. I don't know. It was it was really funny and well executed, but it almost made it seem like a you know, an upset boyfriend because you broke yeah. up with him. And it's just, it's fun. Like, and, and you watch it. And so what, what, what had happened, this was probably four or five years ago, people would start sharing it. Like they would get this video yeah. after they unsubscribed. They're like, dude, you got to like share with all their right. friends. Uh, and it actually ended up being a net win sure. for them. Which and that's just a small investment because you're going to send those emails out anyway. You might as well send them out right. Just send it anyway. Have fun with a little uh, video and send it out and, and, yeah. and see what happens, right? So... Uh, very cool. So let's talk about so people that are listening and saying, okay, I'm inspired. I want to be Island J or I want to tell a story like paper anniversary and not not bore people to tears like I, I potentially am <laughs> now with my marketing. So I want to, I want to uh, up my game here. Uh, talk about cardboard rocket ships. And I believe you have a free yeah. uh, brand mini course and maybe kind of get someone started, get their toes in the water. So talk about that a little bit and then, and then you're, you're right. So you, if you just go to cardboardrocketships.com, you'll see a prompt to sign up for to get, to get my free mini course on, on branding. And it kind of just goes into the thoughts that you go behind uh, creating your own person, your own brand for your company. And I don't know, it's like a half hour long and I think it'd be very helpful, but it's free. Watch it. And then if you want to dive deeper in, um, then yeah, then they offer a course in terms of how literally to tell your story. It's not like, it's not theory. It's like, no, no, this is how, as a TV writer, as a showrunner, I go about telling a story and there's a structure that you use to make it super engaging so that people buy into it. And, um, and so that's a, lo- that's a longer, you know, that's, that's a much longer course. Uh, and it requires work. And if you have a creative bone in your body, that's something for you. If that's like, you know, if you really want to get into creating giving your your customers magic first that's this is what it's for um, 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Go check it out. At a minimum, do that that free mini course. I would also recommend go to twirlygirlshop.com and and just click around. Look at how Michael and and his wife and the team how they have they've done you know the product detail pages and and look at the videos, watch the videos, and I would say subscribe to his email list. Right, that's one of the, I think one of the best ways we we learn as marketers and business owners is to follow other great marketers. So add something to cart, get that abandoned cart email. Like just, just check it out, shop, shop the store. So any, any other bits of advice, things people should go check out, other videos, you talking on stage, yeah. anything like that you'd recommend? Or can people follow you on social well, media? You, so by the way, if you want to see any of those commercials that I wrote, you can see them all at cardboardrocketships.com. You could also see them oh, on great. the homepage of twirlygirlshop.com. I also, so funny, now that I'm, now that I've had time because I'm, because of the pandemic, my friend's like, you got to make a screenwriting course. Okay, great. So I have my own website called michaeljammon.com where I write, um, you can nice. sign up for my, that screenwriting course is going to be ready very, probably next week. Uh, if that interests you, that's a real deep dive. But also I have um, my own personal projects that I'm working on a collection of uh, short stories. And if you go to michaeljammon.com, you can, those you get for free, you can sign up on the email. I send you one for every month. And then I'm hoping, uh, I'll probably approach a publisher um, probably by the end of 2020. And so my, so my goal is I'm going to give away half the stories for free. And then if you want the other half, you got to buy the book. So. Dude, it's really smart. That's really smart. Uh, it's a great, it's great value all the way around. Gets people hooked. So that's at michaeljammon.com. Yeah. yeah. I'll link to that. If you want to follow me that on, on social, on Facebook, I'm Michael Jammon writer. That's my uh, official page. So follow me there. Awesome. Michael Jammon writer. Fantastic, Michael. This, this, and I, and I, and I, I called the shot in the beginning of the show. Like this is going to be one of the most so. fun Thank shows you. we've done, and this, this has been a blast. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. So check out all of Michael's websites. I'll link to them in the show notes. Uh, but but check it out and and up your game in terms of storytelling. And I think you have a lot more fun in the process. So Michael, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time. And, and Pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So as always, thank you for tuning in. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love that review on iTunes if you feel so inclined. That does help other people discover the show. We'd love to hear tips and suggestions. Like what should we talk about on the show? We would love your input and your advice so we can make this show more about you. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on resources and guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.